You're listening to And what is poppin' everybody? You're listening to the Good Pop Culture Club episode 182. My name is Marvin Yue and joining me as always to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days. We have the once in future professional Asian American Jess Ju and our most professional of culture editors, Han Win. How's it going? Hello, Marvin. Hey. hey. <laughs> I'm curious, Han, you are now in like what week two of your critics week? Um, yeah. How's it been going? It's been going fine. Today is officially the last day. So it's Ooh. actually shorter Ooh. than previous ones because this is the second in person we've had since the pandemic. Um, and, you know, uh, both in person ones since the pandemic have had horrible rainstorms. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's coming back but, this weekend. Did you know? Did you see? Well, it's raining again? What? Yeah, starting Sunday through Tuesday. Okay, Sunday. Well, it's a three day uh, weekend for me. So I guess I'm fine with me staying home and like getting stuff done around the house. Because, <laughs> yes, today is the last day of press tour. So I am, uh, Man, I don't know how I used to do it when it was like three weeks in person and I was going to parties all the day. And we've all <laughs> like, aged like 20 years. Cocaine, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently and, like COVID does age you like at a cellular level. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm also just technically getting older. <laughs> and then there's COVID aging and then there's pandemic aging because we're all going through grief and all that stuff. So yeah. it's just compounded, also, it's, I it's guess. Just collectively, we've all kind of... Even if you are an extrovert, you kind of embrace the introverted, like, I don't want to yeah. go out and hang out with randos. Yeah. Right? I mean, press tour in, on one aspect is great because besides seeing a lot of fun stuff, um, you get to see your journalist friends from around the country. Yeah. And so it's kind of like nerdy summer camp. I saw um, that a lot of you guys yeah. went to the Shogun premiere last night, I want to say, or two nights ago. Did you Yeah, go? I did not go. Um, I wanted to, but it was just one of those where, like, I would have had to crawl out there on my you know like hands and knees i was so exhausted um apparently a lot of people who went and then i heard that there was like a a power thing and not or or someone like pulled a fire alarm or something something. yeah so there was a there was a freaky moment there but yeah uh that that was something like i was sad to have missed but also i was just like i just can't do it (laughs) um well yeah out of all the things you've seen and can talk about, what are you most excited about? Because I saw on our Slack today, you're posting about a chicken nugget Korean drama or movie. Well, look, What's- I wish that was that press tour. I've been tr- <laughs> like Netflix showed up at press tour one time and then they were like, you know what? We can do our own press tour. And so that's what they've been doing and leaving us out of it. However, so I did share that because that was like, I don't know why, but this is the one K drama everyone's like, we're talking about everything else is like serious, but this is about a woman who gets turned into a chicken nugget. Oh my uh, God. Yes. Please check it out. Um, <laughs> Jess, it is in our Slack anyway. Um, so that is not from press tour and I'm oh. still going to try to talk to my Netflix um, reps because I'm just like, please tell Netflix to bring K dramas to press tour. If they think they can, you know, can bring the like big titles to other places that's fine, but Netflix has zillions of titles. Just bring the other cool stuff to press store. We will write about chicken nuggets. Um, but yeah, so that is not one of them. Um, something that just I just saw, which was interesting because it's on the CW or it's coming to the CW. And I'm just like, I don't even know what the CW is anymore. Like once Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Jane the Virgin left and then like all the DC comic book stuff left, 
I was just like, what is the CW anymore? CW so, doesn't know what the CW is anymore. Well, they rebranded from the green. Now they have hot sauce red logo. Um, and they they have a lot of like co-production import type stuff. But one of the ones coming up that looks really fun is um, it has Sophie Turner from uh, uh, Joe Jonas and Game of Thrones fame. <laughs> um, and she plays a famed uh, criminal, a real life criminal named Joan. And so she ends up like stealing diamonds, but also, you know, going undercover. And so you see Sophie Turner in a bunch of wigs and doing crimes. And so it looked really fun to me. And I was like, well, fuck, CW. I think you got me. I might have to check this out. Um, so that That's was all I want to do in my life. Wear mm-hmm. wigs and commit crimes. Right. She swallowed a diamond. I was just oh, like, so you're going to have to oh. poop it out. Yeah, um, but anyway, you know, like that's Die Hard. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting to me and surprising. Um, there's they also have a procedural that has uh, some people and a cat. So I was like, oh, cat, good, good, all good. Um, but yeah, so press story has been fun. I my actually, I'm going to segue to my what's popping is um, PBS always brings a performer, and usually. They're a Broadway performer or classical music performer or opera or something because it's part of their um, programming great performances. However, this time they uh, diverged a little bit um, in regards to their, uh, let's see, it was the Gershwin Prize for Best Songwriting um, that went to Elton John and Bernie Taupin, who's um, the lyricist. Um, Elton John was not there. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) But... It, in a very weird move, um, the first person I think I've seen them bring who was under 40, um, Charlie Puth sang oh. for us, right? Okay, that's Charlie Puth and PBS. That's Yeah, so it was interesting to me because I only know his one song. Well, you recognize other songs, but I only knew his name for one song, which was Attention, because I was obsessed with it and my ADHD brain like <laughs> really played it like on repeat for about like 500 times um, one year. So um, I was like, well, I like that song. And so he was there because he's actually friends and had worked with Elton John songwriting. So he was able to perform two Elton John songs and then he played three of his own. But um, all the uh, Gen Zers and millennials probably know this, but he is also huge on TikTok because especially during the pandemic where he um, shares a lot of his songwriting processes, but also would do random shit like Oh, this sound in my house. Let's make a song of it. And um, so him talking to the journalist about his songwriting process, but he's also randomly just making noises with his mouth and like um, and scatting and doing all this stuff like he is definitely a uh, so he has perfect pitch um, and he is just a natural musical dude. So he cannot talk to you without like going on several tangents about all the songs that like this little riff reminds him of um, and is a callback to. And he just makes like he he just can't talk in a straight sentence. Um, so that was actually delightful because he was just like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, I went on a tangent. He's like, oh, we're all nerds here. And I was like, yes, I think that's why we all like you right now. So, um, yeah. So Charlie Puth, who knew um, I enjoyed his singing. Um, he did sing Attention. Very happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a couple other songs that people might know. But also I realized, like, I don't like those as much. So maybe it's just really that one song. But I will check him out. I'll follow him on TikTok and see if there's anything else um, that I like of his. But yes, that was my somehow I got uh, some contemporary music into my PBS. 
Yeah. I'm not familiar. I mean, I'm sure I know his songs, but I'm like, I'm so bad at like just oh, modern for, for, music. For real. That's why I was like the first. I don't know how I got. I knew that one song when it came out. It must have just like come across my, I don't know, desk. <laughs> Someone must have played it for me and then I laughed onto <laughs> it. But yeah. And supposedly it's about an ex. Uh, okay. fam- fame sex, but we shall see. Anyway, yeah. um, but yeah, well, he so- also sings the sad Fast yeah. and Furious song, Marvin. Yes. That is, uh, oh. he did that for the Golden Globes, um, for Matthew Perry, um, and the In Memoriam. So that is yet another reason why I feel like we got him was because he's kind of on this role of doing the sad song. So I was, um, I was, yeah, I was on Instagram the other day on this channel that like played like nineties kids like commercials. Okay. And they played a um like a serial commercial um that starred young Paul Walker. I think I sent oh, this to you. Guys. You did send it to us. I was like, what is this? This is Oh, maybe too I didn't old click for on me. it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't click on it. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, well yeah. So that was mine. Yeah. Well, Han got this what's poppin' section started. So Sorry. <laughs> let's find out what other pop culture is bringing us through this week. Uh, Jess, what is poppin' with you? Oh, my goodness. Um, f- never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but football? Yes. <laughs> I yes. watched it. <laughs> I, yes, for the first time, I actually watched the Super Bowl. Um, Amazing. Yes, it is because of Taylor Swift. I'm basic. Hit me, like, sue me. Um, <laughs> it was very eye opening and it was very entertaining. I have so many mixed feelings because, you know, me, number one football fan, um, definitely knew 100% what was going on. That sarcasm just I mean, it to be very to clear. Be a pretty good game, like, pretty tight. Um, came down to overtime. Um, I mean, one team was definitely, well, not to get into the weeds, but. At least it wasn't a boring game for you to watch because sometimes these Super Bowls are pretty boring. When one yes, the, over the first other. half was a little boring, um, but I will say the pageantry of the Super Bowl is one of the most. There, it's so many things all at once. It is like I appreciate it from like a production standpoint. You know, as a live event producer, as someone mm-hmm. who likes theater and pageantry and camp. You you don't get campier than the Super Bowl, or you don't you don't get like like it's it, it's it's like the seeing all this like actually what it is realizing that like all these sports movies jokes are not really joking like announcers really do talk like that and then like like it felt like I was watching dodgeball you know like the way these <laughs> announcers talk and like as if they're like relaying some Greek like tragic poem i'm like it's a bunch of dudes running around with the ball like it's not that serious um and you know just so how much money and effort is made for essentially what is like a bunch of dudes like in tight pants running around the ball it's extremely homoerotic and yet you know i've been told that this is like the pinnacle of like masculinity and like and i'm just like really this this is so this is so fruity guys like on so many levels like this is so extra it's so emotional and then like just the dissonance was just so entertaining to me and then i have this bad habit where i get into like weird spirals of like little little mini phases little obsessions it's just like the way my brain is hardwired and 
I've been getting so much football content. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. like no. no, but like I, I've half oh, sought it out start just to like hard knocks. Well, just to like just to understand like what I'm watching, and like I do think the human drama part of it and like the culture around it is just so extra like it, it's so dramatic it is like watching like bravo you know what i mean like but then i keep getting these like these like tiktoks of like all these random like men just being like no what is it that the niners lost and i'm like it's not that serious guys like is it anyone's <laughs> fault like why are you guys so like there's just like they love to talk so much they use so many words to essentially yeah. like mm-hmm. cover like what are like very succinct events that happened or did not happen. Like, do we really need to analyze that in like 12 different ways? Like it happened how it happened. Like the ball fell that way. Like, you know, to me, it's like, do we need to spend like 30 minutes talking about it? But um, yeah, so it's just like a very, like, I feel like an anthropologist watching like a group of monkeys that I have known about, but not really like full. And I'm talking about like the culture of like, football sports fandom in america so like that's been really interesting and i I, i'm just so embarrassed every time like i get like a football highlights reel i keep telling raymond i was like no 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 no. i'm just looking i'm looking at like porn i'm looking at like furry something like it's not it's not football it's not football reels (laughs) it's not football analytics like please please no i'm not gonna give them ideas like taking you to sulfi stadium to watch a football game or a legion is is your husband a raiders fan because he's from vegas my husband knows less about football than I do, which is really <laughs> saying something. Um, There's a reason why I like him. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, up. you know, and then you're watching all this, all the billions of money spent. And yeah. you know, when we can't get health care or like <laughs> mm-hmm. any just basic services or even like fixing our potholes, you know, our schools aren't free. And but they're like, wow, they have enough money wherewithal organization production to like get all this done. Like, I mean, okay. I was hearing someone talk about how. These days with streaming, like there's no more like appointment viewing, right? There's no more like let's all watch the same show at 9 p.m. and talk about it, except for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is like probably the only time the whole like I want to say a good half the country sits down and watches the same show at the same time. I mean, it was a very viewed Super Bowl. Let's be real. It's because mm-hmm. of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And you can Taylor see Swift. that in the I remember texting you, you commercial saying yes, that like, man, there's still out. there's a lot of like beauty makeup commercials. makeup commercials and then i mean this is the first jess, time i've watched super bowl this is the first time my sisters had, watched the and super then jess bowl. responded like is that not a normal thing no, <laughs> like, no it's not you do not get elf beauty products <laughs> um sold um there was a lot more timu than i needed but that might have just been general like so like, much timu or tamu yeah. tamu tamu right. i i you know Learned what on, Duol- on duolingo it says timu on the sh- on the super bowl it said timu i don't know it was weird <laughs> So I was actually out getting hot pot during the Super Bowl. I mean, it was on during like the halftime. So we were wish. watching the Usher thing. But um, I missed mm-hmm. the um, I missed the the I missed a lot of the, um, you know, the your, your usual Super Bowl commercials. Like there's always like one or two Jesus ads. There's like some Is weird. There really? There, there, I'm no. sorry. If you have money to buy an ad, you are you are not in you are not walking in the light of Christ, my <laughs> dude. These were these. these this is a group that let's just say are shady. So the Jesus ad was, there's something more to it. The group oh, oh, you sh- that yeah. should have been obvious if you have any critical sk- thinking skill. Yes. Be like, a church should not be spending $7 well, million. Dollars this on- particular Super Bowl also happens to be for the election year. So 
there are definitely things going on. Um, oh, Republicans are mad. It was like, a lose lose for them because on one hand, yeah, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelce are obviously um, liberal socialist plants, and on the other hand, it's San Francisco. So. No one to root yeah. for for them. What also hilarious how like the, the like the liberals got football in all the culture wars. Like how did that happen? Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, uh, uh, something that would made it fun for me because I actually had to work the Super Bowl, <laughs> so I'm exhausted. I haven't had a day off in like two weeks. Um, <laughs> was I watched the version on Nickelodeon, and let me tell you, the bikini bottom. Um, version of the Super Bowl with SpongeBob and Patrick giving commentary is fantastic. There's digital uh, sliming going on of the people in the. the, the I stand. saw a clip of Dora um, the Explorer explaining penalties yes. to kids. That's yeah, she, great. she she explains all the things, uh, uh, end zones, you know, all that type of stuff. So I I actually enjoyed that. And then once it got into overtime, they had a little song about it being like the second time. You know, ever that they went into overtime, That's so amazing. like they, they made it fun. Did for they me. really say that you need a map to find the end zone? The end zone? Like, yes, that is a that is that is a massive burn. Like that is such an amazing burn. Um, whoever is like she explained safety, wrote this stuff, just amazing. It was, idea. It, it was very cheeky. I kind of love that they had a song for the overtime because that means someone had said, "Well, what if they you get were to more overtime?" Prepared for the overtime yeah. than the Niners were. The the puns were great. They had all these fake uh aquatic celebrities. So like Shrimpathy Chalamet was in the stands. Um t- uh Taylor Finn, uh, that wasn't very good, but Travis Kelpy, you know, um wow. it was just wow, it was wow. just speaking to me basically. <laughs> and it made me pay way more attention to the game than I was when it was on CBS. So I was flipping back and forth because I had to watch the adult commercials. Um, and every now and then certain commercials was not going to be on Nickelodeon. Um, and then I switched over to the adult side for to watch the halftime show in case there was any sort of like more, you know, grinding going on. Yeah. At Nickelodeon. What did you Usher, think about Usher? Usher was great. So there's a, <laughs> there's a now like schism online because you're basically old and enjoy the halftime show or you are young and you don't get it so me being over 30 and a retinal user i loved it you know usher (laughs) has hits uh i thought he was you know it wasn't a perfect halftime show i I think general you know i think beyonce's show is still like up there in my top you know Mm s tier Mm -hmm. um i maybe was a little too young to appreciate some of like the older ones you know, like I don't I don't think I was around for like the MJ show or anything, but it's he gave a lot more effort than men usually do. Oh, it was fantastic. Men usually had- just come up and like sing with do nothing else. He like danced, he brought people out, he took off his shirt. I was like, Yeah, give the people what they want. Like he rollerbladed, like the right level of like kind of like campy that like the super show Super Bowl halftime needs like a great like stable of i was hits. amazed and no then he brought out luda during yes the, the roller rose skate section and yes i was waiting for luda because i saw little john's like luda's, co- luda's gonna come out and then like when out, luda right? came out i like got up i was i was i lives in our head meant rent free that verse mm-hmm. okay yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah in general like lives in my head rent free mm-hmm. because I, I actually pay it rent 
because it's taking up like valuable information of other things I probably should know, like how to like clean my water heater. No, I know the lyrics to Yeah, because it hit at like a very seminal time for me and just throws me back to sixth grade and like the the, the school dances. <laughs> so I had a fabulous time. And for like a man, I think he did pretty damn good. Costume yeah. changes. Like he just showed so much care throughout the whole thing. So I appreciated it. It was yeah, fun. We got really good memes from. Yeah. Like it. That, that, what more can you want from a halftime show? Yeah. So I guess good. the question is, if next year the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl, would you still watch? I think it would have to depend on like the narratives being built. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie who these players are married to. Because I was literally just being like, okay, like, oh, like Taylor Swift's boyfriend is like doing that. And then I would be like, oh, that guy is dating, is engaged to Olivia Culpel, a.k.a. Nick Jonas's ex, who he wrote Jealous about. And like, oh, that's the guy whose wife makes the cool jackets. Like, that is how I frame my football players. But um, yeah, like, I, I, you know, as again, someone like without skin in the game, it's just like. I don't really understand some things. Like, I don't understand why people dislike Patrick Mahomes so much. He seems rather wholesome and mm -hmm. like a good quarterback. Do people hate him because he's a good quarterback? There's that. He's a good quarterback for a good team that wins all the time. So he's kind of like the new so people Brady. Are mad. Well, I don't like Brady because he's friends with Trump and a <laughs> shitty husband. Patrick Mahomes seems like a pretty decent guy. And like, he sounds like Kermit and he like <laughs> is like one of the few black quarterbacks like making that it might have to something to do with it too to be honest right maybe like, it inks like, it like some of like the more unhinged like arguments or like conversations i was having during um during super bowl and like i think some of it was like tied up with like location i'm like y'all hate a lot in kansas city but you know like they have star <laughs> players like they keep talking about this pacheco you mm -hmm. know and they have patrick mahomes who is you know, black and mm -hmm. Kansas City has, I learned, had like, has like a pretty, I mean, terrible name. We can all agree on that. Mm -hmm. Terrible iconography. The mm -hmm. end racism, like, logo above their end zone. Hilarious. Like, you can't make this up. But, like, I'm like, your Niners starting team, like, offensive line looks like they all, like, like, literally your quarterback looks like Lee Harvey Oswald and they all look like they work in tech. <laughs> And like it's the Niners, it's all the tech bros. Like, like you think they're less? This is the team that like fucked over Colin Kaepernick and his curse reigns above them. Like, like you you can't play the racism card. It's also the NFL. It's just inherently kind of racist overall. All right, the system. So I'm like, what are you talking about? So I think people get a little unhinged and a little like, like the tribalism makes them a little like loopy. Yeah. Um, Basically, I don't care, which kind of makes it fun. Yeah, basically think of them as K-pop stands, but for sports, and then you will understand. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, makes sense, right? Okay. They don't make any it's, sense. Yeah, but for me, like, you know, when it's like something like artistic related, like, you know, like for mm -hmm. me, like that just makes more sense because like, I think mm -hmm. like I'm like this is like sports. Like it's very like you catch the ball, or you don't catch the ball. Like someone <laughs> stops nope. you from catching the ball. Like, like. I, I don't think you should be that mean to people who like, mm -hmm. oh, I couldn't catch the ball that one time. Like, yeah. they look really sad enough as it is. Like, 
you are a grown man yelling at another grown man about how he didn't or did catch the ball. I mean, to be oh, fair, like though, everyone calm down with all these stadiums being built a fair amount of these locals taxes are going to fund the team and their owners. So I'm also their boss, like politician wise, like they should be working for me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I think everyone needs to like calm down. But man, if this ain't if the Super Bowl just doesn't. If that's not a microcosm of America, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. This was so yeah, very interesting, very fun. I had fun. Yeah, had a yeah. lot, much to think about. Well, on my twenty twenty four bingo card, just you beginning to get NFL pilled was not on the list, but it yeah. wasn't on my card either. <laughs> but you know, I it's it truly is like watching reality TV. Like it it gives it's the same vibes as I get from like Below Deck or Housewives. So you know, I'm into that. I I, I, I guess wonder. I'm into this. I wonder now if they're going to try to somehow manufacture um, other couples <laughs> to get it because I mean, uh, yeah, they don't even have to they gotta, manufacture. They have yeah. a lot of people, like but not the, of the level of Taylor Swift. You know? I mean, Taylor no, no, Swift but, has like economy boosting like right, benefits, yeah. right? right. <laughs> but yes. like the Bills, the Bills quarterback Josh Allen, I and I only know oh, these guys yeah, because know. they are dating famous women. Mm-hmm. Is like oh the the Josh Josh Allen's dating Haley Steinfeld, like Alex Earl, the influencers, like dating some dude on the Miami Dolphins. Simone Biles is married to some like third string something on the Packers. Like, again, I only know them. And it's like my NBA knowledge. It's only framed (laughs) in which Kardashian they are dating. Yeah. So, yeah, me, football. (laughs) Yeah. But Marvin, so you you were watching, (laughs) you were you were eating hot pot during the Super Bowl. So I assume that's not what what's popping for you. So what is popping for you? Yeah. So I've been playing a new game that just came out. um, One that I've been anticipating for a while now. Um, It's called Hell Divers Two. It is a third person shooter uh, where you play as a hell diver who is like an orbital drop soldier sent out to defend democracy uh, from alien invasions um, in the name of Super. Oh no. Yeah, so it's a, it's a game that wears its Starship Troopers um, propaganda on um, propaganda inspirations on its sleeve. Um, it's the sequel to Helldivers One, uh, which is a top down um, dual twin stick shooter that came out in 2015 that I played a lot on my PS Vita, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a co-op experience. You play uh, with up to three other players as you fight against either an alien bug or robot invasion. Are, are you playing like live with other people? Yeah, you play online. I'm going to play on my PS5. Do you get matched like randomly or do you have like a crew you play with? Well, you can play with a crew, but since I don't really have friends who play this game right now, um, I've been playing... Um, using the online matchmaking service, which for the most part has worked pretty well for me. The game launched um, last week and it blew up. Um, I think TikTok got a hold of it and now a lot of people are playing it. And because it was way more successful than the developers uh, anticipated, um, there's been a lot of server issues over the last few days, but they've been doing a pretty good job um, addressing the issues and spinning up new servers. Um, I've been a big fan of this studio for a while, so I'm glad to see them get some success. They're a studio that's known for their um, co-op games, and um, you have a lot of fun. Um, like I mentioned, you either fight against um, a bug invasion or Ooh. a robot invasion. I'll take a robot any day. Oh, I hate <laughs> bugs. But the robots shoot back at you. That's oh. fine. Like, I see them coming. Like, they can't... Well, sorry, I, I just really don't like bugs. So I will take a robot any single day. 
Yeah, so um, depending on the enemy fight, you're either playing in a pretty good Starship Troopers um, analogy or the Terminator, like the initial scene of the Terminator. And it's pretty fun. It wears its heart on the sleeve. It's definitely aware of the satire inherent in um, Verhoeven's Starship Troopers um, because your character as their, you know, laying down suppressive fire screams for democracy. <laughs> you know, men used to go to war. Now, mm. it just played in video games <laughs> yeah and so in addition to it being a pretty solid third person shooter the signature feature of a hell divers game is the ability to call down like special abilities so you have your um, spaceship floating in in orbit and using special combinations on your um, controller you can call down like airstrikes and ordnance and special weapons to assist you in battle and all your teammates have this ability too so it, it lends to a very like chaotic and dynamic um, game experience and a an Arrowhead Studio staple, something that they've had in all their games, including um, the first Helldivers and their other series, Magicka, is friendly fire is just on. So in the chaos of battle, you can actually shoot your teammates, you can call down um, airstrikes on them by accident or on purpose. And it just it's a, it's a lot of fun, but it can be a little annoying sometimes when you have a teammate that's just being a jerk. But I'm definitely enjoying myself. Um, it's definitely a game that I'm just thinking about playing all the time and looking forward to getting back into it this weekend. Um, I don't think any of you are shooter people, right? No, yeah. I'm so bad at shooting um, things. Like I'm, I'm so, I, and and like real time, like things coming at you. My brain doesn't process information like that. <laughs> yeah. Well. It's um, it's the hottest game right now. If you're on so- gaming social media, everyone's yeah. posting about it, which is good. I'm glad that the studio is finding success in this game. And and I myself am having a ton of fun helping Super Earth spread managed democracy across the universe, which, of course, managed democracy, totally not another name for space fascism. I mean, yes, yep. yes, I, would- I totally believe that government do not <laughs> do not come for me. <laughs> I would not play this, but I would watch someone play. Yeah. You check it okay. out. It's all over Twitch. Like, just, okay. just go on Twitch. You can see tons of people playing it. Um, but yeah, that's what's popping for this week. Um, when we come back, we are chatting about the new Amazon Prime series, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, starring Don Lover and Maya Erskine. Stick around. host the podcast Asians in Baseball alongside Naomi Ko and Scott Okamoto. Asians in Baseball is exactly what it sounds like, a podcast about the Asian and Asian Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Americans in Major League Baseball. Every week we break down the highlights of what's going on with Asians in Baseball and then take a deeper dive into the Asian and Asian Americans past and present who have shaped baseball as it is today. Whether you're Kim Ang's number one fan or you've never even heard of Hideo Nomo, we've got something for everyone, especially for the Shohei Otani stands. Maybe too much for the Shohei Otani stands. Listen to Asians in Baseball wherever you get podcasts, part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Hey, Brian, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 
All right, welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. On this episode, we are discussing Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the new Amazon Prime um, television series um, created by Francesca Sloan and Donald Glover, inspired by the 2005 film and the 1996 TV series of the same name. Um, it premiered earlier this month on Amazon Prime and stars Donald Glover and Maya Erskine as the titular Mr. and Mrs. Smith um, as they are paired together to become a married special ops team. Um, so for this discussion, um, because everyone's been, it's been a really yes. busy February. So um, we are discussing up to episode four, or we've all watched up to episode four of the series. Um, so we, I don't think any of us have watched past it. I've watched a little bit of episode five, um, but I think for longer tel- television series, I think this will be maybe our policy going forward is to um, watch the first half at least, and then give our thoughts on whether or not we're going to finish the show or what we think about it. But just a heads up, um, this this discussion will focus on the first four episodes of the series. Um, so what do we all think of the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I surprisingly really, maybe not surprisingly, I don't know what I was expecting because I really do like the movie. And again, it is kind of a high bar to set, regardless of you know mm-hmm. how terribly it ended between Brad and Angelina Jolie and like all the shitty things we know. Oh, yeah, that was the home record. Mm-hmm. But like, that's right? the crazy thing. You were watching maybe the two hottest people, like the two hottest movies, not just people, because you gotta be hot people, but they were movie stars, like charismatic, beautiful, like energy, like light up the screen movie stars, like fall in love and just be like super sexy. And it's just like, oh, you can't. Like, how can you do this again? And I think it's smart that the show doesn't do that again, or it takes a different approach to it. It's a much, it's a different generation they'll take, right? It's like mm-hmm. a very millennial mm-hmm. take on commentary, black comedy about marriage and killing people, I guess. But <laughs> I think it almost was like, a little bit of a disservice to like hinge the project on that IP. But I think once you realize it's not the movie, it was really successful in my opinion. And I think you just, for me, it just took a little bit of time to like mind shift and understand that this is going to be different and this is going to be a TV show. But once like it gets into it, I thought it was pretty successful in that like, dark comedy like dry comedy style that you know we millennials fucking love (laughs) yeah i mean you can definitely see the influences of donald glover and Mm -hmm. hero mirai in especially the first two episodes and in like the premise um i was actually really pleasantly surprised too and reading up in the series i feel like what this show does it kind of mixes in what the film is which is like a cat and mouse thriller of a married couple and the original TV series, the short-lived TV series starring Scott Bakula, where it was about a two spies who are paired together to become a married couple mm-hmm. and takes influence from, from both. And I think the, the show does start a little slow because you're kind of, you're expecting Mr. and Mrs. Smith 2005 and you're getting this entirely new take on it. Um, but once it became clear what the show was actually about, like I, I really dug it. And I honestly did not expect for it to be a show about pr- essentially a, an arranged marriage, right? And people I think going through like the beginnings of a I relationship. Think, I think it's less like specifically about arranged marriage and just like a like satirical commentary on like just modern dating. Yeah. So, I mean, what the, from a rom romance perspective, 
it's probably more instead of an arranged marriage, it's more of a marriage of convenience, mm-hmm. um, but with spy elements. Um, yes. And I think the idea that like you're saying, it was kind of like this deadpan sort of like ironic sort of tone, which is great. But it was all, what's great is like they really balance the mundane part of like relationships and being a couple <laughs> and mm-hmm. dealing with other couples, uh, just the the conversations that you have and the way you act as a couple and your dynamic with other things or, oh, shoot, if they're coming over, we need to go around the farmer's market again so we can get like good stuff like dessert um, items. <laughs> and, and just like yeah. just all of that's, those that's... super mundane things and they just play it out it's so good um yeah that fourth episode where they do the that was the best. Double, the, the couple's date was, it was so real it was cause... so sweet because yes how they uh, so okay so the concept is is that like these sort of like spy couples are all given the name jane and john smith and they put them together and supposedly whoever is creating this it's almost like a dating agency because they also s- somehow want them to be have chemistry and compatible in that it way. It is. It's like mm-hmm. eHarmony, but for spies. Yeah, right? yeah because this guy, this computer screen that like talks to them and they have to like answer back, you know, hi, hi, um, is basically get, getting all of their data and they're matching them up. They like even ask for heights. And I was just like, dude, do you yeah. need that for a spy? No. Th- so... And of course, they each lie because, like in real life, Donald Glover is not five eleven. Um, my skin is not five four. Um, but anyway, which also kind of like you know, dating profiles. Um, but yeah, and so I've never had to lie about my height on my dating profile. I'd never do either because people are going to get me at five feet, whatever. Um, but and I really am six feet tall. Right. Okay. My wife actually didn't believe me when we first. <laughs> no, no one believes you because men all lie. <laughs> yes. Um, but the thing is, so they're not the only John and Jane Smith we find. So yeah, spoiler alert. It's not really a spoiler. It's only halfway through the season. So they meet another couple and they're like, they think the couple is so cool. And that dynamic, how that played out was so hilarious to me. Cause it's like, I was watching it and I was like, they're not that cool, but you know, they're older, <laughs> they're more experienced. They've like had some, you know, they've done some cool things. Um, and it just, I don't know. There, even the tour of the house was beautiful to me. It's like, oh, is this your panic room? Huh? Odd placement <laughs> for it. You know, it just I, I don't know. Yeah, I as yeah. a newly married millennial couple, <laughs> I feel very called like urban millennial couple. I yes. feel very called out by like many aspects of um this the this <laughs> the show, mm-hmm. and it it's it's like something does. Like this weird shift does happen when you get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marvin, please correct me. If you, I don't know if you felt this <laughs> way, but like, you know, like you were once for the streets and now you are like settled <laughs> in this domestic thing. And like, I literally am like literally in three days, I'm having friends over so I can show them my new framed artwork. Like that is the <laughs> highlight of my month, guys. Like, well, I mean, the fact that that's that episode starts off with them at a farmer's market yeah. is yeah. like, it's so good. yeah, it's so it's this show does a really good job of like yeah like mixing in the mundanity of like new millennial like even online dating relationship mm-hmm. right because like you know my relationship started as an online date um, yes I think as did mine just you met mm-hmm. yeah yes and like kind of just going through the motions like you know filling each other out setting boundaries mm-hmm. and then like you know letting the chemistry take over um and 
I mean, what lets what lets the show succeed so well is the chemistry between Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. I think is really good. Yeah, I. You know what? So, just mentioning first that um, before Maya Erskine, it was Phoebe Waller Bridge who was supposed to be paired with Donald Glover, and they parted ways. And they did the way they discussed it made it truly sound like that they just had slightly different visions for the show, which makes sense because they're both have very distinct comedic styles and who knows exactly like if, you know, that would have worked out with them. Um, But in a way, when you get Maya Erskine, so if you think about like sort of the tone of pen 15 and then like, and then all the ways that like we've seen Donald Glover from like Atlanta to uh, whatever that Beyonce show, show was, um, but yeah, so I felt like, okay, this could work out. I also think it's interesting to see Donald Glover play a character who's actually so, sort of basic. Um, and and also the sweeter one. My Erskine's character, um, Jane, is hilarious to me because she's uh, a little bit more practical, straight, straight shooter. Um, uh, when she feels affection for someone, she insults them. Like, I understand all that. <laughs> I mean, that's how John and Jane were mm-hmm. in the movie, mm-hmm. too, right? John uh, burns hot and Jane burns cold. <laughs> like, that's kind of... Yeah. It, it works for a reason, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think the really also interesting aspect with the new casting, with Maya Erskine stepping in, is that now we get mm-hmm. really funny and very nuanced, like, racial dynamics, where mm-hmm. it's not, like, super, like, obvious. You don't get hit on the head with it. It's not, like, integral to the show or the plot. But there are, like, really smart kind of, like, like moments where that comes into play like you know like he's he's you know when they're trying to infiltrate like a fancy black tie mm-hmm. event he's like i'm gonna be noticed as like a, one of the six black guys and they all know each other like i can't mm-hmm. go in as mm-hmm. a as a guest <laughs> like i have to go as as a caterer yeah and yeah. then like and in that um double date um episode where they're like chatting with the other couple and the other couple's played by um parker posey and um i think he's a brazilian Wagner actor from Mara, yeah. narcos mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, and they're like talking about like Eminem and you can just see like, oh, this is like, yeah, yeah. so uncomfortable because it's like white people trying to talk about like rap music to like a black guy. They're- yeah. So like there's subtle like kind of moment jokes um, that are peppered throughout the, the episodes that we watched. Yes. Uh, I do know of a moment that's coming up that will be a little bit more in your face. <laughs> so okay. um, racially, yes. Um, but in a way part of me thinks that that would actually be understandable for an interracial couple to have um, because there's no way you can ignore it. And if you try to, you know, brush it under the rug, it's just going to fester. So at some point things are going to have to come out. So uh, whether or not we agree with it, how it plays out, that's a different story, but I have a feeling like they needed to have a moment, whatever it was. Um, yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Parker Posey, this show <laughs> has some pretty good guest casting, like almost like poker face levels of like, huh, they got this guy and this girl in it. Um, you know, we got John Turturro in one of the episodes oh, as like so good. Uh, asshole rich dude <laughs> with like weird fetishes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got Parker Posey. We got um, in the fifth episode, Ron Perlman yes. playing like essentially like an old baby. Yes. Like <laughs> Jess, I, I think you'll love this episode. I don't know if you watched ahead, but it's essentially like they're 
in charge of um, extracting Ron Perlman as like a VIP. Um, but he's essentially acting like, you know how I'm sure we've all experienced this as like older adults where like our parents kind of turn into toddlers yes. as they get older. Yes. Um, Ron Perlman is playing like a toddler, like old person. Oh, and, and um, John and Jane are kind of, Essentially, his parents throughout the episode as they're trying to extract him. Yeah, it's hilarious. Was was that not Paul Dano in the yes the neighbor? Yeah, he plays um hot neighbor. Yeah. I think is how the 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 Amazon Prime um pause menu described him. Yes, as. if you get, do uh, X ray, then you will see that his title is hot neighbor, and he has the dog named Poet. Also, just like the even just the intro scene, you know, where we briefly get to spend time with another Jane. Mm-hmm. And John, I'm just like y'all are like the hottest. Oh, Alexander people. Skarsgård and what's her name? Isa Gonzalez. Yeah, I think Isa they Gonzalez. got they got. It, it, I was just like, like they was, got. was was the cat? I'm sure they like didn't have to audition. It was just like who are the hottest two people who <laughs> yes. like have time to do this? Yes, <laughs> I feel like the notes for that casting is how do we get Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie without getting budget? Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good call. Like Isa, Isa Gonzalez, I'm just like. I'm just like, I'm so into you, like just, you know, holding like this huge gun and like your little mm-hmm. sundress. I'm yeah. just like, marry me. Also, um, what something I love about Alexander Skarsgård, just besides him being a very tall, hot Norseman, um, is that uh, he's actually a really funny dude. And so he, that's why, like, I mean, yes, he's in demand and he'll go with anyone like who is a good, you know, creator. But he actually appreciates good comedy too and so even though his role wasn't necessarily comedic yeah he's almost always down to join a comedy so oh, yeah uh, the north remembers least we forget <laughs> his first role in yes. fucking zoolander yes. okay yeah <laughs> yeah um i loved him in uh what is the the florida one um uh mlm series <laughs> oh my god oh he's also great in succession Yes, like, yes. Uh, the, uh, European tech bro. Yeah, he's so good at that. Um, oh, On Becoming a God in Central Florida. He plays um, a scuzzy ex, and he's great in that. And I feel like yeah. the older he gets, the more he's looking like that, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dad. he looks dad, a lot like... Dad's hot and Mamma Mia, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I would have picked him. He's a scars guard, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I really like about the show is how, or like the way they like chose to adapt the show was that... It's a lot more grounded and, you know, mm-hmm. it's set much more real world, like, right, uh, which is where a lot of the, like, banal, but, you know, banality of marriage, everyday mm-hmm. life comes in. But they're also just, like, really not that good at their jobs. Oh, they suck. And I feel like that's also <laughs> a very millennial thing where we're just, like, not that good at, fi- like, you know, like, the adage, like, we're just trying to figure shit out and, like, it <laughs> keeps going wrong. So, like, I think that mixed with, like, kind of the, like, the mission of the week format is, like, really fun. You know, like, how are you guys so, like, you guys keep fucking this up and you I think mean, you'd be better at this. To be fair, I don't think they're being set up to win because one thing, four episodes in, I'm so curious about, I'm sure the later episodes will explore who exactly their agency is because mm-hmm. the missions that they're given, they're not given a lot of information. They're not really given a lot of, like, prep. They're just, like, thrown in, kind of, like, the gig economy, right? <laughs> kind of yeah. like, you know, spy Uber and expected to like succeed. And it's like, man, like it's no wonder they're like always winging it because they're, they're like not, they're not giving any information, which also is a very relatable millennial experience. I feel like. <laughs> I will say though, that they, they still keep breaking all the rules um, from the very beginning. So like 
oh, cut all ties, but she brings her own cat. Like, <laughs> that's not responsible. Like, here's the thing. Like, I would want to bring my cat, too. But at the same time, I'm just thinking, if you are possibly in a high danger sort of profession, does that mean your cat might be without an owner at some point? Shouldn't you leave the cat with someone? I don't know. All these thoughts. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. Um, I do also just think that they're just not good at their job. <laughs> they're some, just not they're, that good yeah, at their job some, some no. basic shit like i was just like oh come on um they're not as careful as they should be as soon as i would get in this job i'd be so paranoid um <laughs> how noticeable to do you think they would be i know like it's said, it's said new york right uh sure like they're like, based in new york okay but, yeah you like know, you know episode big... five you're in lake como episode three you're they're like in the alps like, yeah okay so new I'm york just, based i'm just saying about. if like a bomb went off and these two people who just dropped off a package <laughs> start running away yeah. at high speeds like wouldn't you be like oh that like very handsome black man and the asian woman he was with they seemed <laughs> out of place and suspicious like yeah yeah they're see they're not good they should have immediately split and just gone different ways I... they should have done other things i don't know it's I feel like this is... Un- that's, that's fine. That's <laughs> yeah. part of the humor. Yeah. I mean, it's set up from the very beginning that the reason they're taking this job as a John and mm-hmm. Jane Smith is because they couldn't get hired anywhere else, yes. right? Yes. Like, Myers because Jane washed out of the CIA. Um, Donald Glover's John um, was disarmably discharged. And so, <laughs> again, very millennial experience of, like, not being able to find not being like able a, to find like a, like a company a, to like stay at for job. 40 years yeah you and basically... so you work for the the spy app yeah <laughs> where you get paired it's, up it's the yeah. uh this is what the recession has forced them into oh. a lot yeah. of layers in this show yeah and, yeah. and I, the, like yeah. the conversations about like i think we should stay married long enough to like make enough money to leave mm-hmm. i was like yeah like yep. half yep. of that's also very like age era appropriate like you know how all, a lot of my friends like you know we obviously love each other but it's also like oh man like i've said this many times i'm like i'm a tax break you know like for raiden <laughs> or like i've had friends who have gotten legally married first but like it's easier to buy a house that way or like i got fired i need health insurance i mean um look i'm just very yeah very relatable i'm not a millennial but i'm still like oh, i guess i need to start looking for a partner because i am like this economy is just really rough and i need someone to watch my cats you know if i yes, travel for so, free so there's practical aspects to it that are definitely in the conversation in the show also um that are very reflective of of the world where the romance aspect is not necessarily i mean like yes romance is still important but there's all you can't ignore the other aspects either it also helps that they're a very cute couple and yes. i'm really rooting for them yeah they're very cute. Although they, there are, are some, they, are they there are not, some flags. Are they you know? not like the like? Don't you see them giving like brunch in Silver Lake? <laughs> like, they embody it so dog. well. I know it's like disgusting how it's like, funny. Hipster, cool couple they are. He does yoga. <laughs> oh my gosh! Which again is just like so different from the you know the Brad and Angelina model mm-hmm. where like they're just like perfect like Greek goddess like that is like. Mm-hmm. I guess that's our version, like the artsy cool couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think I like watching the Greek gods doing it more. Like, that's <laughs> hotter. Like the sex, the sex scenes. Like the, the like, like I think they've Donald Glover and my Erskine have good chemistry. But like, I'm gonna be real. Like, I'd rather watch. Like, again, it's hard to beat I mean, two people like actually like about to fuck in real life and cheat on their spouses. 
Um, and you just happen to capture that in a dance scene on the film. Um, hard to beat that energy. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're wanting like super hot energy, then you watch that movie. I feel like this is not that. And I think no, that's okay. Um, but I think Do you not feel like the Mr. Mrs. Smith IP is is a little contingent on the former. It it it, it could be, but I mean, I don't necessarily think it needs to be just because okay how people came into the show absolutely i agree they're going to be like i need this to be fun and hot and blah 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 and that's not what they're necessarily getting they're it's funny in a different way um Mm -hmm. but it's yeah so it's that's why i think a lot of people either they love it once they figure it out or they bail because i know a lot of people are just like that wasn't good a lot of people are like oh it's boring what's going on um so you either get it or you don't um so yeah is this a super hot watch no um but you know putting it on and i i found it pleasant which is an odd thing to say (laughs) for a spy show um but yeah i love just the nuances of a developing relationship that it captures Mm -hmm. right like there's a whole there's a scene in i think the third episode where Mm -hmm someone farts in bed mm-hmm. and <laughs> tries to play it off as, oh, there's an intruder. We need to get our guns out. That was very relatable yeah. for a new couple. But also the fact that some people, because I've heard this about other couples, I literally, you know, like I've never thought of this myself, but um, I had a roommate who she would always try to go into a different room to fart, right? Um, so her... <laughs> so sorry. For yes, so her, yes. her so her partner wouldn't smell it, but the thing is, early on in the relationship, he kept just would follow her everywhere, and so she would just be <laughs> like, "Stop!" and he and he's like, "What?" And he's just like, "Stop following me!" <laughs> so she would tell me this, and I was like, "This is very interesting because I've never really thought about it." And I guess for me, I was not quite as urgently gassy as she was, so I've never like. I guess had to schedule it in any way or be strategic. Um, so yeah, but I was just like that reminded me of the scene, and mm-hmm. so I was like, wow, so real. Um, so yeah. I wonder if they just had a list of all the things in relationships and then try to work it in. Um, into well, I'm sure that writers' room was yes. very, very fun, oh, very therapeutic, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what is the one thing you hate about your significant other? Go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So four episodes in Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Is this good pop? Will you keep watching? Uh, yes, I will. Yeah. Um, I will take it a little bit more slowly. Well, slowly. I was, you know, I was at press tour. So I was like trying to like cram them in. But um, there's only four more. I, I am curious to know what is going on with Hi Hi. So, yeah, um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm very glad, very happy for Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. It's a it's a hit. Uh, seems like it's a hit critically and with people. And um, congrats. Now I don't, you know, it's I, I work with people who are now not in the entertainment industry. So trying to explain <laughs> Pen Fifteen oh. to a group of like fifty plus year olds yeah. about that is like not a good time. At least now I can say I'm like, oh yeah, it's a TV show, Mister Mrs. Smith. They're spies, you know. Yeah, much easier. So yes, sure. very pro. Good job. Yeah. I also found this to be good pop. I will keep watching. I am continuing to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm already halfway through episode five. Same with me. Um. <laughs> What a fun show that like was unexpectedly relatable as like someone, <laughs> a millennial who went through the whole process and kind of, 
you know, I, I felt like that older couple trying to like reassure this new couple that things will be okay. You just got to talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and go Maya Erskine. Um, yeah, yeah. She's having a pretty mm-hmm. good couple years yeah. post Pen15. Um, you know, like despite our thoughts about Blue Eye Samurai, that was also a hit and getting a second mm-hmm. season. Um, she was great. She was in the Star Wars. Yeah. Like, she was in the yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. I, I think she was like less established and could have been written off as like a one trick pony after Pen 15. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's shown that she can do a lot of things and it works. Yeah. 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 And something that really works here is like both her and Donald Glover have just like impeccable comedic timing mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. like even when they're not making jokes it's like <gasps> their their mannerisms their their acting it's like it's like she's hitting on like a, a high level she is so nuanced how she can just leave a scene and set, have an throw out an offhand word and i'm just like that was the sickest burn you know <laughs> she is so good at this i'm i'm like kind of in awe and the fact that she doesn't have to play sort of like a more caricature or like like heightened character how she was in pen 15 because she was playing her younger self um means that like i get to see this mature version of her um i liked her in plus one which is a rom-com but it is a rom-com and this is not a typical rom-com um although you could say it is one i don't know (laughs) very tough there is some rom there are some calm there are also some you know stabby stabby shooty shooty fun for the whole family (laughs) it is except for maybe not under 16 (laughs) <laughs> anyway. there is a lot of blood yeah Be prepared. yeah some weird sex stuff some weird sex stuff <laughs> you know if if you don't want to have the conversation don't watch it with that kid so yeah <laughs> alright well I guess with that that'll do it for a discussion of Mystery Mrs. Smith streaming now on Amazon Prime um Jess Han if people want to find out more of your thoughts where can they go like trash takes and maybe football takes will be oh, no. on Twitter at just shoot tweets. What if I turn into a sports bro? Like, what's that? What if that's my new like iteration? Uh, I would have to block you. No, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm I'm happy for you. Just kind of like when you when you tell Marvin, like I'm happy for you about this like kids, you know, going through um war crimes thing. I- <laughs> it's just like. I think it's time for Marvin Jess starts a sports podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> what is with that off- <laughs> offensive line? Come on now! <laughs> you know what? Once the Olympics happen, because Paris is coming, we can we can. Oh fuck! Ch- We're gonna talk so yeah. much about Olympics. Oh, yes. by the way, I got the first screener for Top Chef. Oh, it's coming soon! It's coming soon! Oh, so anyway, excited. Speaking of sports, yes, Top Chef. Yeah. Um, where can we find yeah, you? Sorry. <laughs> I am at Anonymous. Uh, I am still on Twitter. I'm on Threads um, and Blue Sky under all those names. And Instagram. Yeah, you can find me at Marvin Yue. You can find our show at Good Pop Club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Check out our fellow Asian American host podcast by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And yeah, thanks for listening to this episode of Good Pop. Um, we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Marvin. 
And I'm Rira. And we're the hosts of Books and Bull Book, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Each month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a variety of genres, including contemporary and historical fiction, sci-fi and fantasy, romance and cozy mysteries, and so much more. Our past book club picks have included Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribeye, Grace of Kings by Ken Liu, and The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Every month, we also go through the latest news in Asian American literature, as well as chat with some awesome Asian authors about their works. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.